Hey, once again, we welcome you to Moving Forward with Young Voices here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. I'm Brian Hyde, and I'm joined by Stephen Zhao. Stephen, I hope I'm saying your last name right. I didn't get a lot of chances. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Okay, good to have you here. And what a great topic you and I are going to be talking about. Before we get there, though, let's take just a moment to talk a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then, then we'll dive into the topic. Sure. Uh, my name is Stephen. I'm a PhD student in industrial organizational psychology at George Mason University, uh, where I study topics on leadership development, um, teamwork, and psychometrics and statistics. Okay. And and we're going to talk today about the shift from liberal arts to STEM in education comes at a cost. And this, this catches my attention because uh, I became a student of the liberal arts kind of later in life. I think I was, I was in my late 30s before I was really introduced to a good classical liberal arts education. But let's highlight what, what is the difference between STEM education versus uh, humanities-based liberal arts education? Sure. This is a topic that's very personal to me as well. I went to a small private liberal arts school, and so um, I was initially trained in all of that. We took great books and read all the classics um, from years and years ago and spent all of our time debating and writing. Um, And then after that, I entered into some of the more sciencey fields, especially in data science. I got some training in data science and machine learning. Um, And what was particularly interesting is seeing how these two you could almost say styles of thinking and forms of education were different, but also very, very compatible. And that's really what I was targeting as I was writing this piece, which is this idea that both need to be pursued. And as a society, we're kind of moving more and more in the direction of, eh, forget about liberal arts, let's focus on STEM education, let's focus on data science. Yeah, well, and I think about, uh, you know, some time ago, I think it was uh, during the presidential campaign last year, there was talk about, well, you know, we may see some uh, some jobs within, for instance, the the, uh, the energy sector may may be going away. And, and the answer was, well, people can always learn how to code. And, and so, you know, just go to the STEM, you know, science and technology uh, education. That's that's where they see the future. Let's talk for a moment about what does the liberal arts education mean? Because for some people, it may mean something different. But when I say liberal arts, what's the first thing you think of? That's fair. Um, Good liberal arts education, I'll I'll preface it with that. Good liberal arts education, at least to me, means training in how you think and how you engage critically with a piece of knowledge and how you ask critical questions to take on different perspectives and ultimately how you weigh different pieces of evidence to come to a decision at the end of the day. Um, It's that cognitive component that involves interpretation of data, interpretation of facts, and then and of course, once you interpret it, persuasion, it's the it's the next step, which is taking your interpretation and then passing it along to others to persuade them that this is the right decision to make. Oh, I like that. I really like that definition. And in no way are we trying to uh, to downplay the importance of, uh, you know, STEM type education. My wife is a math teacher, for instance, and I'm so grateful. I, str- I struggled with math most of my life. It's something that she actually, she sees a big complicated math problem and her face lights up. Oh, this is great. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to solve this. It, it sounds like we're, we're being presented with, with almost an either or 
sort of uh, decision here. And and I know in your article you mentioned, I think it was Howard University, um, decided they were going to pare back on their liberal arts curriculum. What was the reasoning they gave as to why it would be okay to cut back on the classics department? Sure. I mean, the reasoning they gave is very central to what most people argue when they are arguing, hey, we need to move towards STEM education, which is the employability component. And that's something that I readily agree to, just like you mentioned earlier. If you want to get a great paying job right out of college, you're not going to major in classics. You're not going to major in the humanities. You will need to major in STEM and get the get the technical training that you need. Yes, that will get you the employability right off the bat. And at the end of the day, if you think about it, in some ways, that is what colleges have to think about. They, they're being judged based on their ability to train students for the next generation in terms of the workforce. What I'm trying to point towards is this idea that, yes, your immediate income, your immediate earnings and job employability might be better with STEM field, but that doesn't mean you don't need a liberal arts education at all. In fact, I'm arguing that it's what's required to take the next step, to move from the individual contributor who's doing the coding behind the scenes to become the manager or the director who's making the strategic decisions on what to code in the first place. That takes the skills that you really learn in liberal arts as opposed to in STEM fields. Stephen, something you point out in your article is that, uh, you know, that with with STEM training, uh, a person can be they can solve problems. But oftentimes the problem is, OK, so if if this computer code line doesn't work, then do this and that solves the problem. But uh, with the liberal arts, there's also focus on problem solving, but it's a little bit broader approach. Help me understand the difference between how STEM approaches a problem versus how someone trained in that critical thinking and that liberal arts tradition approaches a problem. Sure. Um, one thing that we talk about in data science, especially, and especially machine learning, is this idea of the black box, which is a bit of a joke, but also everyone's like, yeah, we realize that's a problem, which is this idea that a lot of machine learning, unless you're a genius and you know, like, the hardcore math behind a lot of these advanced algorithms, which the vast majority of people who major in who do data science don't, um, you're working with a black box in the sense of you press a few lines of code, you troubleshoot the code, and that's where the problem solver comes in. You try to figure out what to type in as opposed to another line of code in order to get the result that you're looking for. You're not thinking about necessarily why you're doing something or the mathematical functions that are occurring behind the scenes. And that's really what I'm trying to get at, which is you're trained in STEM to perhaps type in a function click a few different buttons and you get a result spat out. Now I realize I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, but I want to highlight the main difference, which is as opposed to, there's no way you can do that in liberal arts. I can't just take Paradise Lost and throw it into a computer and tell me, give me the right interpretation for it. And it doesn't make any sense. You have to be trained to read it for yourself, to come to your own conclusions and to come up with your own answers rather than relying on what somebody else has already coded for you or function or package that somebody else has already designed. As I look back historically at individuals who I would, I hope this doesn't sound sexist to say this, but I think of the Renaissance man, somebody like Thomas Jefferson, who was fluent in matters of law. He was fluent in matters of botany. Uh, if he was talking with a chemist, he could talk chemistry with the best of them. You know, he, he was a very well-rounded individual. And, and, and this, this is where I get that phrase, Renaissance man. I think we still have the need for such individuals in our time. But part of being that well-rounded individual, to at least to my thinking, would mean you'd have to also have some basic understanding of some of those STEM uh, subjects 
in order to, to contribute to the world around us because so much of the world around us uses that, uh, those, those disciplines. Yes, I fully agree. And this is where it goes back to what we said at the beginning. This is um, STEM versus liberals has been kind of artificially dichotomized. It's been turned into this either or situation in many in many cases. And, you know, I'll say this. I'm not an expert at higher ed financials. And I realize at the end of the day, many colleges are making tough, tough decisions. So I don't want to go out there and say every college has to do this a certain way. But I do want to highlight that these two fields of study are highly, highly compatible. I think about... Um, I believe Yale University has a very interesting introductory course to all of their computer science majors that they call the art of computer science. And they especially teach computer science from an art perspective rather than a science perspective. And I think that kind of philosophy is incredibly important. Um, going back to the idea of employability immediately versus employability over time, you really need to have both in order to get to the higher level. So I would say the same thing to someone who spent their entire college career majoring in the humanities and wants to proceed in, let's say, a traditional business realm, I'd say, yes, you need to go ahead and go get a certificate in data science, go get a certificate in engineering, do something to be able to bring up those STEM skills as well. But what I really find concerning, and I don't know if this is a good or bad thing yet, I'm still trying to evaluate this myself, is there's more and more of these one-off certificates. I think about Google's career certificates as an example that give you only the STEM training. And they're trying to market themselves as almost a replacement for college. Hey, you don't need a four-year degree. Just get this little certificate here that takes six months. We'll get you trained in all the technology you need, and that's all you need for your career. That kind of marketing language is what concerns me. I fully would agree with the idea of certificates, but... Yeah, it's... Um, we're, we're down to about one minute left here, but I, I just... It seems to me in my exposure to the liberal arts education, the goal there was to become a more well-rounded individual. It was to become a uh, it, it was to become a, a better person, a person of great character, in addition to having the knowledge that you needed to function within the world. Um, I can see where that would be handy, even within, you know, STEM. We still need people of great character and people who are, have, have yeah. personal excellence. They will move forward those fields as well as have the ability to uh, to reach to people across, you know, in, in different uh, pursuits of knowledge without uh, without it becoming so compartmentalized. Where can people yeah. access uh, your, your work? Sure. I'll, I'll end with this, which is something I didn't necessarily mention in the article, but a huge topic and passion of mine. Data science especially, and STEM in general, is not purely objective. We like to think about anytime we see numbers as, oh, numbers are objective. It's not. There's a lot of ethics and subjectivity involved in how you analyze data and how you present data. And we live in a world of a lot of misinformation, a lot of confusion right now, and we need people who know how to handle this. Stephen, great talking with you. Thank you so much for joining us on Moving Forward with Young Voices. Thanks so